Well, hello, this is Beth Jones, your hostess, and I'm so glad that you've stopped by Tablet of My Heart today. Today's show is called Sowing Your Good Seed. While you're online, be sure to visit my website at www.bethjones.net. There you'll find articles, blogs, podcasts, products, and services to encourage you to pray, to discover and walk in your life purpose, and to pursue your passion. If you're not already signed up for my personal mailing list, you can go ahead and sign up today. It's at the top of the page on the right-hand side. You'll receive a free special report just for signing up. You'll also get articles, tips, videos, audios, and more as complimentary gifts for being on that list. Well, I'd like to go ahead and dedicate this time to God in prayer, and then we'll get started on our show. God, I just come to you in the name of Jesus, and I thank you and I praise you for this day. God, I just pray that you would be with us. Lord Jesus, your word says that we can do nothing apart from you. So God, I just pray for your anointing upon me. God, I just pray that you would speak to our hearts your your words, God, of life, a fresh word for today. God, I just dedicate this time to you, and I pray you would bless every listener in Jesus' name. Amen. Sowing the good seed. Well, let's go ahead and get started with Matthew 13, 1 through 23, and I'm going to be reading out of the message version. This is a harvest story. And it says, At about that same time, Jesus left the house and sat on the beach. In no time at all, a crowd gathered along the shoreline, forcing him to get into a boat. Using the boat as a pulpit, he addressed his congregation telling stories. What do you make of this? A farmer planted seed. As he scattered the seed, some of it fell on the road and birds ate it up. Some fell in the gravel. It sprouted quickly but didn't put down roots. So when the sun came up, it withered quickly. It withered just as quickly. Some fell in the weeds. As it came up, it was strangled by the weeds. Some fell on good earth and produced a harvest beyond his wildest dreams. Are you listening to this? Really listening? The disciples came up and asked, Why do you tell stories? And he replied, You've been given insight into God's kingdom. You know how it works. Not everybody has this gift and this insight. It hasn't been given to them. Whenever someone has a ready heart for this, the insights and understandings flow freely. Flow freely. But if there is no readiness, any trace of receptivity soon disappears. That's why I tell stories. To create readiness. To nudge the people toward receptive insight. In their present state, they can stare till doomsday and not see it. Listen till they're blue in the face and not get it. And then he goes on to tell them that their eyes are open. You don't hear a thing and your eyes are awake, but you don't see and then he explains the, the meaning of the, the story. He says, But you have God bless eyes and eyes that see, and God bless ears, ears that hear. A lot of people, prophets and humble believers among them, would have given anything to see what you're seeing, to hear what you're hearing, but never had the chance. Study the story of the farmer planting seed. When anyone hears news of the kingdom and doesn't take it in, it just remains on the surface, and so the evil one comes along and plucks it right out of that person's heart this is the seed the farmer scatters on the road the seed cast in the gravel this is a person who hears and instantly responds with enthusiasm but there is no soil of character and so when the emotions wear off and some difficulty arrives there's nothing to show for it the seed cast in the weeds is the person who hears the kingdom news but weeds of worry and illusions about getting more and winning everything under the sun strangle what was heard and nothing comes of it. 
The seed cast on good earth is the person who hears and takes in the news and then produces a harvest beyond his wildest dreams. Now, I just think this is a tremendous story. I love Jesus' parables in the Bible because he's just teaching stories and all of us like stories. The, this story uses a lot of visuals, which I love because I'm a visual hands-on learner. Jesus was asking his disciples if they were really listening to him. And we need to ask ourselves that, that question too. Are we really listening to God and his word? Are we obeying it? One of the first things I want to point out about this story is that the crowds were pressing in all around Jesus and he was forced to get into a boat and make the boat his pulpit. So that speaks to me that our pulpits can be everywhere, anywhere in the world. We don't have to stand in front of a podium at a meeting to share God's good news. Your pulpit, your podium can be the sofa with your kids sitting beside you at, or at your knees. Just teaching your children, homeschooling your children. It can be blog talk radio show or talk show. Maybe it can be a podcast like I'm doing right now, sharing your important message with the whole world. Right now, I have got people listening to this podcast, not just here in America. That is what's so incredible about the internet, about the web. I've got people also in Africa, Russia, France, and China, and other places across the world. Now, how do I know that? Because my website stats show that. There's people that are listening to this all over the world, and that just blesses me and honors me so much. God is a no-limit God. He wants our boundaries to be enlarged, our territories enlarged. God says to make disciples to the ends of the earth, and the internet is one of the ways we can do that. Your, po your podium can be your workplace. Sharing a word of encouragement or a scripture, maybe it's praying for somebody at your work, somebody going through some troubles that they told you about. Offer to pray for them. Offer to pray for people at Walmart or at the bank or in the store. You'll be amazed at how people open up when you begin to talk to them and you just start listening. Sometimes that's all people need is just somebody to listen to them. You don't have to be part of the fivefold ministry gifts, an apostle, prophet, evangelist, a pastor, or a teacher to be used by God. You don't have to be in some kind of church ministry. God wants to use you just the way you are right now. You can be used by God right where you're at if you're humble and willing and you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, sensitive to hearing His small, still voice. Now, through the Bible, we see a lot of passages on seeds and on farming. We can learn a lot of lessons from the farmer. This farmer in this passage is a symbol of Jesus. And Jesus tells us the seed is the word of God. Because we're believers in Christ, we're to be followers too. We're to be representatives of him. And if God and Jesus are sowing seed in this passage, then that's what we're to do too. We're to sow good seed. We're to be like Jesus. I want to ask you and challenge you today. What seed do you have in your hands to sow? Do you have any? Are you sowing any seeds at all? Sometimes we have these expectations about our lives and we think somehow we deserve something great. We pray and pray and we went to do great things for God and yet we're not sowing any seeds. Those seeds include finances, our tithes, our offerings to God, but also practical seeds, seeds of love and kindness, forgiveness and grace and mercy. Pay it forward. Do kind things for other people. It will come back into your life overflowing. 
How can we expect to have a return of investment? You may have heard that that term, an ROI, if we're not investing anything into our relationship with God and others. Are you praying each day? Are you reading the Bible? Are you helping other people? One of Zig Ziglar's quotes is, if you want to succeed, learn to help other people. Now, how can we expect our businesses to be blessed if we're not sowing first into the kingdom of God, if we're not making God first? How can we expect our finances at home to be blessed if we're withholding, if we're holding on so tight with, with our fists, you know, keeping that wallet closed, what rightfully belongs to God and others? Give and it shall be given to you. I am not speaking condemnation into your life. I'm preaching to the choir here because sometimes when the bills are piling up and there are more bills than money, I am real tempted. And I have at times, Ray and I have at times not tied. And that is when it all hits the fan. That's when things get worse. That's when we start seeing major financial problems. But when Ray and I obey God's word to tithe and give offerings, we see God's provision. We see God's blessings. And God wants to do that in our lives. Our, our finances, it shows where our treasure is. That's what the Bible says. This also applies on a practical level. If you're a writer or a speaker, God has given you good seed to sow. Don't hold it in your hands, but give to others what God has given to you. Those important messages that are burning in your heart. Be brave, as my mentor Diane Cunningham says. Don't be afraid and don't hold back in fear and intimidation. See, when you're not giving what God has given you, when you're not sharing your gifts and your talents and skills, you're depriving other people of the greatness that is just laying inside of you. It's just ready to burst out. It's like the, that iceberg. I've got a picture of an iceberg, and you see just the surface of the iceberg, which is enormous in, its, in itself. But then you go beneath the surface of the iceberg, and it is incredible what lays beneath the surface. It's beautiful, and God has got that kind of potential in your life. God has made rich deposits inside of you. There is wealth inside of your heart, a treasure chest of love and revelation and truth, things that other people need. God wants you to share them with other people and to bless them. You have gifts the whole world needs. Just like Queen Esther, you have been raised up for such a time as this. Like Moses, Abraham, or Samuel, Samson, King David, or the Apostle Paul, God has appointed and anointed you. He wants to use you in a great and mighty way. The Bible says his anointed resides inside of you that teaches you all things. The anointing of the Holy Spirit. God has given you seed to sow in other people's lives. There is no other time that you're going to get to do this. The time is now. The time is right. Don't wait years from now. God wants to use you right now. No matter what age you are, you're not too young. You're not too old. You can be a child, a teenager, a woman, a man. You can be from any nation, any culture, any race. You can be poor. You can be rich. God wants to use you because it's not about us. We need to be emptied of self and we need God to pour himself in us and then pour out to other people. God wants to use you just as you are. God uses broken people. Look at all the disciples in the Bible. Those were some messed up people. They didn't have it all together. God can use you despite your sins, whatever you've done in the past. Even if you're in sin now, God wants to use you. 
He is the one who will clean you up. He is the one who will use you for his glory. Study the passages in the Bible like the Apostle Paul and, and David and other people. Hannah was barren. Hannah couldn't have a child, and yet God used her. God gave her the desires of her heart. God has given you seed to sow into other people's lives. You have got a ministry, and you have got a message. You have got blessings inside of you to bless other people with. The farmer planted the seed and scattered it. Now that means that it didn't just go in one little place, and it's not just limited to just one time. You know, the farmer sows every year. He wants a crop. He wants a harvest. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 11.6, So you do not know the works of God who makes everything. In the morning sow your seed, and in the evening do not withhold your hand, for you do not know which will prosper, either this or that, or whether both alive will be good. Sow your seed in the morning. Sow your seed in the evening. Be open to what God is doing in your life. Be sensitive to His Spirit. Listen to his voice for when and where to sow the seeds of God of his word in people's lives. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 4.2, Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with long-suffering and doctrine. Have you ever had to be instant in season? God put you on the spot. You had to be ready right then to minister to someone, whether, whether you were ready or not. Now, remember the child's game, hide and seek. And when my brothers and sister and I used to play, we used to count to 20. And then we would shout, ready or not, here I come. Well, ready or not, Jesus is coming back, and he's coming back soon. Ready or not, God wants to use you right now to minister to other people. Are you ready? Are you prepared? Are you equipped? We quit. We get equipped with the Word of God. We study the Word. We stay in God's presence. That's how we're equipped. We are the equipment. I just did a blog post on this. You are the equipment that God wants to use. He's equipped you with faith in Christ. He's equipped you with the blood of God. He's equipped you with the gifts that He has put inside of you, the talents and the skills. You have been wonderfully and fearfully made. God has equipped you, and there is no one else like you. There is no one else that has your calling. There is no one else that has your gifts or your personality. God has made a deposit inside of you. God has equipped you with this spirit, and you you can be ready right now today. Remember the, the tornado that suddenly hit Joplin, Missouri. Now, Joplin, I live in Missouri outside Kansas City. Joplin is only about 100 miles from where we live, and that is just a little too close for comfort in my opinion. That day, many people were killed in Joplin. Their homes and their buildings were destroyed. There is devastation everywhere. If you go on the Internet and look at the pictures and see the videos on YouTube, devastation. It, it, the houses and buildings, trees, they're just sticks and piles of rubble. Were those people ready for what happened that day? Did they see that storm coming? There will be storms in our lives. There will be storms in other people's lives. And we need to be ready with the good seed of God's words to encourage our own hearts and, and other people, their hearts. God's word, his seed, will never return void. Jesus said, some people won't be ready for the word. He said, whenever someone has a ready heart for this, the insights and understandings flow freely. 
He says, but if there is no readiness, any trace of receptivity soon disappears. What he's saying is they can't receive. He says, that's why I tell stories to create readiness, to nudge the people toward receptive insight. That is a message version of this parable, and I love it. He says, I, in their present state, they can stare till do- doomsday and not see it, listen till they're blue in the face and not get it. Some people are just not going to get it. And I love the, the message version of this story. I think it's so funny how he put it about being blue in the face. It's so true. You can share truth with other people until they're blue in the face or you're blue in the face, and it doesn't do a bit of good. Why? Because they don't want to receive it or they're not ready. They're not willing to obey God. But we still sow the seed. Now think about, because your job is just to be the sower. Just just like Jesus. You're to be like that farmer, sowing the seed. Think about what good seed you have to sow with other people. If you're a writer or a speaker, what can you share with other people? Which you know, like today, I was I was praying, God, I want to do a podcast. What can I share about with the people? And he gave me this parable of the, the seeds and the sower. If you're a writer, speaker, uh, speaker, what can you share with other people? What rich treasure is inside of you? Brainstorm. Write things down. You know, you can take your content and repurpose it. You can make ebooks and books and articles, podcasts, teleseminars, webinars, live events. You can take the seed that God gives you from His Word and you can grow it. Water it, feed it, nourish it, learn from other people. Learn from the people that are at where you wanna where you wanna be. Learn from those who are successful, from those people who are having a blessed prosperous and especially this is so important fruitful life that they're yielding bountiful fruit in their lives that they're you can see the fruit in their lives their relationships with people are good their their relationships with their family their spouse their children are good learn from those people learn from those people who are positive and encouraging who are people of faith who believe in God and believe in his word and that doesn't mean everything in their lives is perfect we all have those storms we all have things happen in our lives God did not promise us everything would be perfect but what he did promise us is he would always be with us even to the end learn from other people sit at Jesus feet let him teach you then pour it out to others don't waste what God has given you don't waste your talents that are inside of you like the man who hid his talents God wants to use that good seed that is inside your heart to help others in practical ways if you're a believer in Christ there is good seed inside of you because you had to have that seed to even have faith to believe in him you have something to impart to other people you have you do have gifts don't think I don't have any gifts I don't have anything to share I can't help other people that's not true it's the enemy lying to you you have experiences and a story that nobody else has now think of all that you've been through in your life think of even your pains and your hearts you know like I've been through childhood abuse I've been through domestic abuse I share about this in my latest ebook think of your hearts that you've been through did you get through it did you overcome that ebook that I just wrote on women and spiritual warfare has eight women's stories in it women who have been through hell and back divorce a spouse addicted to drugs a child born with heart defects 
a little baby who died, women who went through domestic abuse, women with depression and panic attacks, the women who shared their suffering in this ebook, how did they do it? Some of them, you read these stories and you think, how did she get through even one of those things? How did they get through all the things they went through? How have you? Would these women have faith in Christ? That is what brought them through it. That is what made them strong. God makes his women strong. Like Joan of Arc, God wants us to be warriors for him, to do battle for the kingdom of God. You are a soldier. If God, if you are saved, if you're a believer in Christ, if you're a Christian, you are a soldier. You are in war. And neutral is not an option. You're either going to fight in this war or you're going to become MIA, missing in action, or a casualty of the war. Because Satan is after you if you're a believer. He hates you. He hates you and he is bloodthirsty. He wants to still kill and destroy your lives. He wants to destroy your life. If he can't kill you, he'll try to make you ineffective. He'll try to make you doubt God. God wants you strong. God wants you as his warrior. We are in a war. Think of your stories. If you want to learn more about the stories in, in that ebook, you can find out more at http colon slash slash womensbattles.com. They're powerful stories. And think of your stories, your hurts, you, the things you've been through. This is seed for you to share with others. Tell people your testimony. Tell them your story. And you don't have to have some big dramatic testimony of, I was on drugs and I was homeless on the street and someone told me about Jesus and I was saved and it's been great ever since. Some people, they were saved at five years old and everything they ever did wrong was after that. They didn't have a dramatic testimony like that. But you have your testimony. Your testimony is what matters. We defeat the enemy with the word of God and our testimony and not loving our own lives unto death. Your story is powerful. You have an important message. You have good seed to sow with others. You have gifts that God wants to use for his glory. If you're a business owner, you know, God's very practical. He wants to bless people with prosperous businesses so that they can spend it on their toys. No, he, not for that reason. And, and there's nothing wrong with material things either. But God wants to bless your business so that you can be a blessing to other people. So that you can help sow into ministries and churches and helping people in need. To take the gospel to the nations. If you're a business owner, you need to promote it. You need to tell other people what you offer. How on earth are they ever going to know what you have if you don't tell them? If you had if you had some kind of invention that 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 did something so incredible would you keep it a secret no you would you would get uh, the you would tell the other people about it you would get a trademark or or whatever that's called you want to tell the world about it because it's great don't hide your light it is your time to shine Matthew 5:16 5, 5 15 through 16 in the message says here's another way to put it you're here to be light bringing out the God colors in the world God is not a secret to be kept we're going public with this as public as a city on a hill if I make you light bears you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket do you I'm putting you on a light stand now that I put you there on a hilltop on a light stand 
shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives by opening up to others your prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in Heaven. God has made you a light bearer. He wants you to shine for Him. This week I was very encouraged by a word from someone who just gave me this word that, that God saw me like a star and that He wanted me to just shine with His beauty and His light. And that just ministered to me so much because I love stars. And when you go out at night and you see the stars in the sky, especially if you live out in the country, you just see all those stars. And it's just amazing to think of God's creation, all those stars in the sky. And this is just one galaxy. There are billions of stars all over the universe and in the, next, the other galaxies. God is just incredible. And God wants us to shine like those stars. You know, some stars... Are, are different colors. Some are blue. The hottest stars are blue. Some are red. Some are yellow. Some are white. Each one displays the glory of God. And that's what God wants to do in our lives. He wants to display you for His glory. He wants you to glorify Him in your business, in your speaking, in your writing, whatever work you have to do. Sow that good seed. And Jesus said there will be an abundant harvest. A harvest beyond your wildest dreams. What is your wildest dream? Think big. God wants you to think bigger than you do. God wants to bless you so much that you will see such an overflow in your life. You just can't even believe it because then we know it's God. It's it, God wants to do the impossible in and through your life. God wants to give you that dream. Just be faithful to sow his good seed that he's given you. Be faithful with what God has given you and he will give you more. There cannot be a harvest if you're not sowing anything. There can't be growth without the seed being sown in the ground. Are you sowing those seeds? Are you holding back in your gifts? There will be resistance when you start scattering the seed. We know we have an enemy, Satan. Jesus said a farmer planted seed. As he scattered the seed, some of it fell on the road and birds ate it. Some fell in the gravel. It sprouted quickly but didn't put down roots. So when the sun came up, it withered just as quickly. Some fell in the weeds. As it came up, it was strangled by the weeds. Some fell on good earth and produced a harvest beyond his wildest dreams. See, not all the seed was received or yielded a harvest. The birds ate some of it. Now that represents Satan. Satan wants to bring destruction into your life. He doesn't want you to have a harvest. He doesn't want you to do what God's called you to do. He doesn't want you to experience all that God has for you. His job is to still kill and destroy. He hates you. He will do everything he can to oppose you. Some seed you sow will just bounce off people's lives. They don't have any depth in Christ. It's all surface. I would even venture to say it would be religion. They don't really know God. They have a form of religion. But, but they don't have any depth in Him. They don't really know Him. They don't have a real relationship with Him. So they can't receive what you have to say. So the enemy snatches away the word from their lives. Some of the other seed that you sow into people's lives will wither quickly because they don't have any roots in Christ. Some people are not rooted and grounded in God's Word. They don't have an understanding of what the Bible really means. They've been under false teaching or they just have never really studied the Bible for themselves. They don't have a solid foundation in Christ. A lot of times with these people that are not rooted in Him, when problems come in their lives, they just give up. 
It didn't take her. They get into fear or unbelief or doubt or bitterness. How many of the people in Joplin, Missouri are like that? How many of them were rooted in God's word? Were they ready for it? And what was their response when it happened? Were they terrified? Were they overwhelmed? Did they get angry at God or have bitterness at him? Some people blame God for bad things. Now, it doesn't matter what people's response is. Your job is just to keep sowing faithfully. Do your part. With other people, sometimes you'll sow the good seed, the great things God has given you to impart to others, and that seed is strangled because of their worries, their troubles, their materialists in this world. They can't receive it because they're too focused on the riches of this world. We see that a lot of times today with the gurus out there on the internet. Their riches have become their God. God, you know, and it makes you, it does make you want what they have. I mean, they're traveling all over Europe and they've got these mansions and, you know, it it looks good. It's just like stars on, on movies. They've got this incredibly wealthy lifestyle. But a lot of times what happens is their riches have become their God. And obviously, when you read things in the magazines and online about the stars, money does not make them totally happy. And my husband, Ray, makes jokes about it. And he said, well, I would like to try and be miserable with it. But um, their riches have become their God. God wants, there's nothing wrong with money. There's nothing wrong with riches. God wants to bless us and prosper us, but not at the expense of replacing him. Not if those things will become our God, because ultimately, it one day it's just going to be you and God. We're going to stand before him, and he's going to want to know, was he our Lord? Was he our God? Do we serve him, or do we have other gods in our life? He is the Lord. He's a God of gods and the King of kings. God wants our hearts first. He made you and he loves you. He wants to bless you. He wants to prosper you. Money is not evil. That's a false teaching. Riches aren't evil. It takes money to spread the good news. It takes money to send out missionaries, to finance churches and ministries. If you look in the Bible, if you study the Bible, God blessed many of his people in the Bible, like Abraham, David, and Solomon. They had incredible wealth. But God wants to be first in your life. God has given you good seed to sow. You have got treasure inside of you that God wants displayed. And last year, I did a women's retreat here in Butler. And I had so much fun decorating the tables. That's one of the things I love to do is decorate for parties and other events. And I decorated the tables with purple tablecloths, red rose petals, confetti, and also these treasure chests that a friend of mine told me about at a discount store. Well, one of my friends, Genevieve, has a premier jewelry business. And if you're not familiar with premier jewelry, it is just beautiful jewelry and you can win free jewelry if you have a a premier party but she had this business and God gave me the idea to display this beautiful premier jewelry in and across the treasure chest just laying the necklaces and putting the earrings on the edge of the chest and it and the bracelets and it turned out so beautiful It, it just sparkled and it just it just made those chests come alive and if you go on my website at bethjones.net and you type in women's retreat or ladies retreat in the search bar, you should be able to pull up that picture and the blog on the ladies retreat. 
I felt the treasure chests were very prophetic of what God was wanting to do there for the women to know their value and their worth in Christ. Do you know your worth? Do you know how valuable you are in Christ? Whether you're a man, a woman, a child, a teen, do you know how much God loves you? You have great treasure inside of you. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. There is treasure inside of you. So I encourage you to sow that seed today. Let God's light shine from within you. Share that beautiful rich treasure that is within you. God has created you for a great purpose, a great destiny, and he wants to use you mightily. Well, I pray that this encouraged and inspired you today, and I just want to close now with prayer. God, I just come to you in the name of Jesus, and I just pray that you would use us as you want, God, that it would penetrate our hearts, that our hearts would be good, good fertile ground for this seed to take root and to grow and to yield an abundant harvest, a harvest beyond our wildest dreams. God, you want to give us good things. You're a good God. You're a good Father, and you want to bless us. And I just pray, God, that we would understand what those blessings are. One of those greatest blessings, God, is your love and your presence and your precious word. So, God, I just pray that you would bless every listener. I pray that their gifts would come forth. They would use their gifts for you, that they would fill their purpose and their incredible destiny in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Well, I want to thank you for stopping by today at Tablet in My Heart. And while you're online, be sure to visit my website at www.betjones.net. If you're not already on my personal mailing list to get my e-zine, go ahead and sign up today and get that free special report. And you'll get an e-zine from me about twice a month. I aim for twice every couple of weeks to send that out. You'll also get articles, audios, videos, and tip sheets from me as complimentary gifts. Also be sure to check out my latest product, my ebook, The Hands of a Woman, Everyday Women and Everyday Battles. You can find out more about that at http colon slash slash womensbattles.com. Again, that is womensbattles.com. Right now you can get a special 25% discount on my ebook. You only pay $15 for the ebook, the study guide that goes with it that covers every chapter, all the 10 chapters. And also my friend Cindy Russian's Castles Under Fire audio bundle set that is incredible. That is a complimentary bonus that you get. All that for $15. You'll love the stories in this ebook from the different women powerful stories they're just real stories of real pain that you can relate to you'll be encouraged to overcome your battles through faith in christ too well thank you for coming by today and the lord bless you and have a great day